to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. Let's talk about Amazon. Let, this is a, uh, a full dive into a nerdy subject. It's just me. This is something I've been studying for quite some time, and I've just seen a connection now how this applies to Amazon. So what is it that we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about perfect competition. This is an economic theory. This is going to feel a little bit like you're in a, uh, a college course um, where we're going to talk about what are the requirements for a marketplace to be described as perfectly competitive, where this applies to Amazon and how the small ways Amazon breaks it down. And I just did a, a recent YouTube video on this where it's a little bit more visual and we jump in, but like uh, I knew that like I had to bring this idea to a podcast that could be a little bit more unscripted. And um, we're talking infotainment. Like this is going to entertain you and educate you. If, I, if we get both of those at once, then then we're on to something. Um, what's like really important to know is that where Amazon isn't perfectly competitive and then you can use that to your advantage. And when I'm saying advantage in this podcast, what I really mean is you can make money off of that. There's some people that are, you know, making money on Amazon because that is them taking advantage of the ways that uh, uh, Amazon's not a quote unquote fair marketplace. Let's see. So I'm going to change. There's actually many conditions and I'm just going to boil it down to five. Uh, so for a market to be perfectly competitive, it has to satisfy several requirements. And I'm going to reframe these requirements to use Amazon terminology. The first is that each seller is relative to the marketplace. Second, sellers and offers are substitutable. Three, the customer is small relative to the marketplace and has no influence over price. Four, perfect information about prices and quantities is available. And five, there's an easy entry and exit from the marketplace. So if a, uh, if a marketplace has all of those conditions, then we can say it is uh, it has perfect competition. You can go into Wikipedia. You can go to Investopedia. They talk about this in much more theoretical terms. I'm only just going to apply this to um, Amazon. This actually isn't a, this is not applicable very much to other parts of e-commerce because they're not quite marketplaces. This would be more of like the Walmart and the Amazon. And so, um, you know, I wish you guys were here listening to me to, uh, you know, just my great voice, how far I've come in becoming a better communicator in the last two years, but you're not, you're here to learn something. So let's go over these one by one. I'll tell you the parts where yes, Amazon satisfies this condition and I'll tell you where it doesn't. And there's some reasons that you as a, as a entrepreneur, you don't want perfect competition. It's easier to make money when uh, it's not fair, when there are unfair advantages. Okay, the first one 
is each seller is small relative to the marketplace. This one is easy to understand. You look at a product and or when there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of sellers, each seller, even the biggest ones out there in the third-party marketplace, they're actually kind of small. Um, but the, where it's really, this really breaks down is that Amazon is on the marketplace and they represent 40 to 45% of the sales. So, um, clearly right here, uh, that's not, you know, satisfied. That condition is not met. So, and they also do afford themselves some unique advantages. For example, they don't charge their own retail division the same fulfillment fees. That's why you're able to see them sell products for under $2. That's also why some oversized products that would never be profitable to third-party sellers are profitable for Amazon. I was We were looking at um, these whiskey, bus, whiskey buckets that, uh, you know, they're, they're got some high volume in terms of uh, uh, area. These products are, are, are big and they're oversized. They're relatively inexpensive. And when we were advising this brand on this, like I couldn't, I say like, you actually have to stay in this 1P relationship or you're going to have to raise your prices significantly. Amazon was selling it on for $14.99. The FBA fee was $14.32. So clearly, um, Amazon doesn't charge its internal retail division the same FBA fees. They're, they're working on different parameters. And um, sometimes I bet you Amazon's losing money doing so. Uh, so that's like, that's kind of the reasons why, you know, to this one's worth analyzing and that like why Amazon is not a perfect mar marketplace. But if you were to be just a, say a wholesaler, or, you know, one of those, a, a reseller and on a uh, product where, you know, there's 30 other resellers. Yes. That uh, product actually starts to be a marketplace on um, that, which actually leads into the second one is that sellers and offers are, are substitutable. This is only true in Amazon wholesale where relatively speaking, sellers and offers are the same. So long as they have the same product, uh, private label, that's actually never true. Uh, I have, you know, private label products, even a small cosmetic difference is, is, is real. And so, um, that doesn't, uh, doesn't really relate to private label, but for wholesale, absolutely. You know what? If you were to talk to me a year ago, I would have said, yep, this condition is met, but it's really not in the way that the buy box uh, share is getting rotated. Uh, they are using other metrics uh, to analyze who gets the buy box. Some of those metrics have actually helped my company, buy boxer. But some of them have not. We have lost it to others. And so uh, even though we're selling the same products as other people, uh, it, you can't say these are substitutable. So, so number two um, is also, you know, uh, Amazon is not, does not have perfect competition. Now, uh, number three, the customer is small and has no influence over price. I think this is pretty true. Uh, 
for the vast majority of transactions on Amazon. The price is the price. There's That's what it is. Until you start to consider Amazon business. This is obviously a small caveat. Even though um, Amazon business has grown, the, their B2B marketplace, um, because they have quantity discounts available for those uh, c- customers. And then on top of that, they have uh, price negotiation for these quantity discounts. There's a page on Amazon store for, uh, in Seller Central where you can see your inbound quotes, people that want to buy 50 to 100 units and they want like a discount. I think it's just kind of a, a yes or a no. There's not a lot of negotiation here, but it is um, it does give consumers unequal power and it is a little bit of friction. So, uh, you know, if we were in a, uh, you know, a marketing class at a university, I could say this condition number three, that a consumer does have a little bit of influence over the price. Number four, perfect competition about prices and quantities are available. This one's really good because prices are widely known and it's advertised. Quantities, on the other hand, they are not. Actually, before 2012, you could readily see the quantities available of other sellers in the API. But then Amazon removed this and um, now you have to go around and use some hacks. There's the how many extension to see other uh, sellers' inventory quantities and so consumers can't see this, but some of the experts out there listen to this podcast, I know you can. And this certainly matters if you're making inventory decisions. Foreseeing competitor stockouts would mean you can anticipate shortages. We find this is, is always great information for seasonal products. We've used this to influence our repricer. It's not easy to do this. Trust me, I've spent over a hundred hours trying to like uh, to bring other sellers' quantities into a repricer in a methodical way, just not easy. I've kind of given up and found some other ways to to influence this. Um, but like in if, if you're a private label, knowing someone else's quantities gives you an idea of like what an initial buy can be. You know, do you want to go 200 products or do you want to go 2,000? Well, if you have a, if you see what your competitors are doing and you know you have a complementary or a better product, then, um, then you know. So, um, that's, you know, why that would be relevant for, for private label. Uh, you know, and there's actually another weird way where price can be even hidden sometimes. And that's, um, through coupons because I actually have yet to see a single tool on Amazon that gets coupons right, that is scraping this cost differential that's being done to see temporary temporary deals on a product. And so if you're trying to look historically on something, uh, some of these times these tools will start to lie to us. And you know what? Uh, Smart Scout, what I've built, I don't have coupons uh, being used yet. I've tried and I'm looking and working on to that. So when we start to look at historical, I can be like, okay, the product is having a coupon during this time and this time. So that's the fourth and the final condition for perfect competition is that there is easy entrance and exit to a marketplace. Here's what's easy. Anyone can create a seller account. 
You can also remove your inventory for a very cheap price, but that's kind of where this easy entrance and exit ends. To enter the market, you, you often need um, if you're going to resell another brand, you need approval. You need to have an authentic invoice. You need, uh, or if it's a private label, you know, you kind of do, if you really want to grow, you need a trademarked brand. Then you have to wait weeks or even months for inventory to arrive at fulfillment centers. So that's not necessarily what I would call easy. And it's sometimes not easy to stay in the marketplace is because of Amazon's uh, arbitrarily enforced rules. You have to say the right things to stay afloat. I'm not complaining too much, but it is kind of real. So once you have these boxes checked, then the marketplace becomes easy. And so this is kind of a way to like, you know, why you should realize that it's worth jumping hoops, that it's worth to get into difficult categories for other people because you're going to have find that there's less competition. And the more hoops you jump, the, the fewer people there will be to benefit. So categories that require approval, just know that there are many others that didn't get there. And like, for example, toys right now are under a lot of compliance scrutiny. So toys that pass compliance will only do better. So the more you know about a marketplace, the less it's perfectly competitive. If you know things that other people don't, then, you know, you could take advantage of that. And the, this is obviously could plug right into Smart Scout, a software tool that I've built that really is more of an information and analytics software solution than any, than anything else. And, you know, we're launching a subcategories browser, which allows you to jump into these subcategories and give it, I guarantee you, you have never seen a view like this. And so this is, you know, something brand new for us. Uh, I think if I were in your shoes and if you've never used it, it's worth a trial to, to jump in and, and, and see this data. You kind of have to. It, you can browse and see like, okay, which subcategories, like if I want to jump in and look at, you know, I was looking at like, I was like, it was like healthcare, but then I was like into eyes, dry eyes versus like other like eye medicine. And you could, you could jump in and see that subcategory and be like, okay, who's winning? Looks like this seller's doing a, this brand is doing 800,000. This brand is doing 1.2 million a month. And you can see the winners and losers. And really just, uh, within seconds, you have, you know, marketplace knowledge. Very useful for private label. Very useful for wholesale. Uh, you, I'm actually kind of shocked that here we are in 2021 and no one's built this yet. So um, that's why I got it to the finish line and uh, excited to share it with you guys um, because, you know, this, this market is imperfect. There is imperfect knowledge. And when you have a better knowledge, you gain in time and, you know, you could potentially make money off of that. And then from this lens, we all, we, we, I think we really get smarter about the journey that we're all embarked in, in uh, e-commerce and Amazon. It's my goal to make you the smartest seller in the room. So to do that, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button. I've got, if you like this, I've got a lot more coming on uh, where I, I jump in. I'd say about uh, 30 to 50% of my podcasts are just with me really early on and where I was not great at communicating on a podcast, but, um, 
you know, I've done a lot of deep diving into these ideas and, and I think they're very valuable. There's actually one other thing that one other thing I was supposed to mention when I was talking about Smart Scout. Sorry for the shameless plug, but we launched in the UK marketplace. I've had over 50 people ask me about that. So we're launched, we're live. Uh, we've got all of our features available in the UK. It's pretty awesome. So um, yeah, that's all I've got. Thank you, and I'll uh, catch you next time.